hey guys, uh, we were talking before this show. Uh, we just started a good conversation, so we just went ahead and everybody recorded. Uh, this is completely unedited, not at all what we were going to talk about today. Uh, but we just thought it would be a really good opportunity for y'all to hear the raw, uh, uncut uh, thoughts and, dis- and conversations that we have together. Uh, so here we go. I hope you enjoy. With the teachers and the narrative and all that, uh, nowadays with the COVID stuff, we have uh, in March. Man, teachers don't get paid enough, right? Look at this. They do so much. They're, look at them being flexible, right? And then now it's, okay, well, who needs teachers, right? They should suck it up and do their job, right? And all this because teachers are like, I don't want to get sick. And I don't want like, what, how are you taking care of us? And there's not a narrative of <laughs> the school's taking care of them. It's just get in there and do your job. Whereas in March, it was, you deserve a pay raise, right? You deserve this right and that right. Well, the comparison is look at, you know, the grocery stores workers. Mm-hmm. They had to work through all this. Yep. Gas station attendants, paramedics, firefighters, which is fine. But if you don't think your education is essential, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And there's right. a complete and, difference learning digitally than going right. to actual right. the, in person. The, there's, an, there's an actual benefit to having in school learning for the children. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say I there are benefits to homeschooling 100%. if done properly. If done properly is the key word. If you mm-hmm. as a parent cannot establish a good routine, teach properly, engage your kid both academically and socially, it's probably going to do more harm than good. Yep. But for the for a large majority of people, the school system is is what the kids need. Right. And on top of that, people work. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, again, teachers want to be compared to, you know, we're not nannies, we're teachers. Well, you're not really doing a good job teaching in the first place because the United States doesn't have high standards. 100%. In marks that in the first place. So, are you a glorified babysitter? Yes. Yeah, in a way. Well, right? And, well, and because- that's the argument to, to the parents that want in person. The people who argue against that are, oh, they just need babysitters. They don't want to keep their kids at home. They've right. had their kids home for the past four months. And that's 100% not true. It's not, but it is. So you want your kid in school. Check. I, I, as a teacher, I fully believe your kid gets a better education in face-to-face. Now, if that face-to-face is in the school building or it's at home, either way, they get a better education. And with for the economy, yes, parents need their kids to be away from school if they're not homeschooled or away from home if they're not being homeschooled to go to work for the economy to fully go. Now, I fully believe that there are parents out there that solely use school as a daycare. Like they don't care about their kids' education. I've seen it. I, I I've literally had a oh, parent. Sure. I've literally had a parent tell me I don't make them do their homework. They just go there to, so I can go to work. And I'm like, what? You know? Because I'm sitting there like, hey, it. Yeah, and those parents are doing no good for their kids. No, They're just no. setting them up for failure. No, and then they're not they want- good for society either. No, when well, doing that. No. But I do have to right. disagree with you a little bit, uh, Christian, about the uh, learning. In person, whether mm. it's uh, digitally or actually going, because as a parent myself and having to deal with the first couple of weeks of the school that my oldest attends, right. it's all digital. Right. They literally spent 15 minutes a day, a day in, in, in front of a teacher. Right. My kid didn't learn anything. I mean, she's in kindergarten. She did not learn a thing. She's in a dual immersion program where she takes Spanish, too. There's, she's not learning Spanish either. But now that she's in person, she's learning a whole lot more. Well, well and I guess that's what I was trying to say was uh, it has to be in person. I think if, when I was saying at home, if you're purposely, like you said, directly homeschooling your kid, that's mm-hmm. when it's profitable. Now, yeah. what, like Molly, my wife, right. she teaches – she taught digitally first and then now she's doing – um, what is it? Um Digital and in classroom, I forget what it's called. But anyways, hybrid. hybrid yes, thanks. And I, the crazy thing is, I think the kids that are going to school, you've seen them, their grades are going better. And I think that you see that kids miss the social interactions that like my wife's like, they don't bully each other anymore. 
Like, they're just happy to see other people's faces, you know? They haven't seen anybody for four months. Right. So, it's kind of like that silly stuff that they used to bully. Now, my wife's like, yeah, they don't really do that. They're just happy to interact with somebody their age. Well, the bullying could stem from inefficiencies and inadequacies of the school program as a whole. Oh, yeah. Like, the the kids get bored, they get tired, they get annoyed. And they have their peers to take them out. I mean, if you're, mm-hmm. you're in class seven hours a day, eight hours a day, five days a week, with very limited breaks, and you see the same people, you're going to get annoyed. It yeah. happens at work. Right. Just at, at work, you're adults, and you just scream at each other, and you don't have <laughs> no one to tell you no. Right. right. See the, so, I, that- I think I, it, there there is definitely inefficiencies in the schooling system, in the public schooling system as a whole. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you have, what, seven, eight hours? Let's go. You can knock that down to five and six easily. I bet you can do you can do quick 30, 45 minute classes and do it. And I think they need to get rid of standardized testing, which they have for some states. They need to get rid of that. They need to give teachers. I think standards are fine. I think kind of giving them a timeline where you know the previous uh, grade ends and you begin. I think that's fine. But don't sit there. And I remember teaching, and they were like, "You get." three days on World War One. I. I was like, who can teach all of World War One in three days? You know what I mean? Right. But then you you're, give You're teaching the kids what they want you to teach. The kids. Exactly. What exactly. They're, they're, they're trying to and and I can understand the argument of let's take, you know, Black Lives Matter for instance. Yeah. They don't they were teach or uh teachers are teaching the correct history of America. Right. Which and honestly there, there may not. be some valid validity to that. Yeah. Because, like you okay. said, if you're trying to learn something within a certain span of time, right. that that subject is so broad that you yeah. can't. Well, I th- right. It, uh, so, like when it comes to slavery, right, it is very hard to go in depth about slavery in elementary school, but and it, but it's very hard to talk about in general. But when I taught fifth grade, I specifically told them. Slavery happened. It was bad. It wasn't by choice. And I spent a whole day on character and why slavery was an issue. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now that yep. wasn't it. Uh, that wasn't in my standards. I wasn't told to do that, but I felt like, like I personally could not just smooth over slavery and be like, yeah, we had slaves. Right. Was that part of your lesson plans that you had to turn in to be, cause you have to turn lesson plans in to be a right. right? Uh, yeah. So I went over and I pretty much what I said, uh, was, you know, s- talked about slavery, talked about the civil war. And I said, I was going to go in depth on the effects of slavery in this society or, you know, in the civilization. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I did was I explained, you know, of course, didn't go into super detail, you know, about like the raping and things like and the lynching and stuff like that. Like you don't tell a fifth grader that, you know, but I did talk about, you know, they were punished for things that they really had no control of just all the time. And I kind of gave an example of, you know, hey, what if I told you to go pick up my classroom? Right. And then when it was done, I took away some recess time. And you said, why? I was like, well, because you didn't do it the way I wanted to. But then I never told you how I wanted it done. Does that make sense? And then you go through that cycle. And I was like, that's kind of how it felt was every time you did something, you may have done it, but it was never right. And I kind of kept going into that sense of mm-hmm. just kind of made them try to feel a little of like slavery's bad. Like, and there's nothing good about it. Now, of course, you can always argue, well, it made the economy better, right? And, you know, we, we, we jumped there. Like, that's fine. But at no point do I think, uh, as a human being, owning a person without the, you know, owning a person at all is, is good. And I went to that, but I'm taking a master's class now talking about uh, memory. We talked about, you know, black lives matter slavery. It's a huge thing in education that we do glance over slavery. We do glance over uh, outfits in, in World War II and stuff. Uh, pretty much cool. all the ugly stuff that happens, it's very hard to teach. Um, because in what detail do you teach it? You teach it at the detail appropriate for the level. When I first really learned about World War II, it was ninth grade. So yeah, I was 13, 14 year olds. You're not. You're you definitely don't have the mental capacity to fully understand what's going on. But we watched Schindler's List in ninth grade. Oh, 14. nice. He sent Clutch. he sent home. The the, the the permission uh, slip, the, yes. parent, the permission slip, yes. and everything. And you remember, look, watching that movie, it's like, 
holy crap. Yeah. Right? And it gets you it gets you thinking and questioning mm-hmm. and the teacher did a good job of, okay, this is really happened. This is what, you know, and I'm glad you brought this up there. I don't know if you guys saw the headline on 11 alive down there survey. Here's the headline quote survey finds shocking and saddening lack of Holocaust knowledge among millennials and Gen Z's. Did you yeah. see this article? Yeah. Found that almost two thirds of millennials and Gen, Gen Zers didn't know six million Jews were murdered in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and that obviously that goes beyond just the Jews; it goes to gypsies and whatnot. Right. It goes down here in, uh, they went across different states and things like that. And um, this one here, the Clean Scrimmage said that in perhaps quote perhaps one of the most disturbing revelations from the survey found that eleven percent of the of millennials and Gen Z respondents. Incorrectly believe that the Jews caused the Holocaust. Oh my gosh! I'm like, but who are, are they you surveying? Slipping? That's true. They're surveying millennials and Gen Zers but, across but, all 50 states. But where do they send these these surveys to, though? I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm just I'm just being curious. Like, does it say like, oh, we send them to the high schools, the middle schools, you know, like I or, or, or collegiate uh, level? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying you know that their their percentages right. are wrong, obviously, but I mean that's just that's crazy. To well, think you guys that, keep talking. Let me see if I can figure this out. Uh, I, I and I think too as a history professor, um, when you when we talk about history, right? Uh, I can only teach so much before you start learning, right? Um, and you see that a lot. I mean, given tests, right? We've all taken tests, and we're like. I think I was paying attention, but I don't remember any of this, right? <laughs> right? We've all had those moments. Yeah, but uh, there are some students now, I'll tell you what, I could sit there and, you know, have an MP3 of all my lectures and give them all the answers, and they still wouldn't care enough to, you know, go ahead and learn. You know what I'm saying? So, well, so I, why, why don't they care? I was never a huge history buff. Right. I was always more interested in the current things. Like I didn't really care, you know, pre, you know, American history of like what you know what was happening in the 1500s in North America or the 1600s or whatever, um, or even like as far as back, you know, ancient Rome. I was always uh, more interested in the current. So World War Two was big, Vietnam was big, World War One even. Th- those were always interesting to me. So for people just not to care it. That I think it speaks louder to societal problems and us losing core values as a per, as a as a populace. Yeah, I I think everybody's so uh, is more focused on entertainment than education. I think that's true, but we don't value education the same way other countries do, and that's a problem. Oh no, because in, in Germany they, they teach about the Nazis and the Holocaust and what happened. Uh, they and have rightfully, to rightfully they right, have and rightfully to. so. And it goes back to America needs to teach about slavery and Jim Crow 100%. and the civil rights movement and yeah. to go in more detail of the Civil War, why it was fought, and understand that, and this is what I've learned from you guys, is it's not – the Civil War was not just a fight about, quote-unquote, slavery. Right. There was The bigger picture – slavery was the crutch. The bigger picture was – States fighting for their rights and not believing the, the federal government overstepping them. Mm-hmm. Right. Th- that's that's an entirely different conversation to have. And it'd be really relevant in today's times mm-hmm. to take those same teachers like, okay, even though we now know the South was incorrect of wanting to have slaveries, to have slavery, oh, yeah. they were correct in wanting to fight for their individual state rights. That they were granted in the Constitution, and they did not want the federal government overstepping them. Right. Two completely different conversations. Mm-hmm. But the argument to that is, their the state rights they were fighting for was to own another human being. Right. That's the argument to that. Yes, but in that time, the time context is very important. Mm-hmm. In eighteen sixties mm-hmm. and the eighteen forties, slavery was common in America. It was common in Europe, common across the world. Believe it or not, the it's, North had slaves too. Just saying, uh. right, right. So, but th- this is this is the narrative you get though of of the South is bad because they wanted to own people. No, to them, slavery was a business. It was immoral. It was incorrect. It was a 100%, bad thing. Yeah, get it. 
But it was in the time capsule that it was of the 1860s, it was a normal way of life across the country. So you have to look at it from that perspective. It'd be, it'd be like today, like what, what if in, in a hundred years, you know, they think us talking through here on Skype is, is bizarre and weird and, and, and invasion of privacy or some really off the wall argument. You have like, well, no, it was common for us to do it back then. Mm. Right. So th- that gets lost. You have to have the time, you know, say, okay, the, a, a better example, Rome with the gladiators. Gladiators were slaves forced to fight for their lives for pure entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows, glad, you know, owning gladiators and slaves was wrong back then, but they accept it because it was common practice. Even though it was wrong, it was common. And I think that's the same argument with slavery. We know it's wrong, but in this point in time, I mean, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And eventually we fought out of it through the Civil War and through, you know, further into the 1960s with Jim Crow and all that stuff. And that's definitely one of the bigger stains of America. But you've got to you got to identify the problems and then work through the problems. Right. And that's what nobody wants to do. They just want to say, you know, bad, good, this, that, the other, mm-hmm. instead of recognize the true fight that the state was having versus the, 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 the BS argument. And I think the big thing uh, in history is I think control has been a big narrative of America. Um, rather, you know, it's controlling states or it's controlling people. Um, and I think at the end of the day, there are a lot of people who still believe um, that even though Jim Crow uh, laws do not uh, I guess exists illegally that still there's the stain of Jim Crow today. Right. Uh, and, and it's kind of a deep topic to, to, to think about because of course slavery is terrible, right? Like, no, like no, nobody waking up today is like, I'm going to own a person. And I think that's a hundred percent. Okay. Right? right. And I think too, separate, but equal. I think everybody knew separate, but equal was not equality. Right. Because how can you be separate? And equal. You're going down the lane of the core values that are held in the Constitution. Yeah. Those core values cannot be picked and choose from. Uh, if you if that that document reads all men are, are created equal. Right. That's exactly how it reads. It doesn't matter your race, your color, your religion, man, woman, child, whatever, you all have the same rights in this country, no ifs, ands, or buts. And for a vast, vast majority of of, of, of today, that holds true. Mm-hmm. We all have the same rights, but there are there are problems with um, segments of the population that do get mistreated and don't get rightfully. Oh, that that goes into yeah, that goes into your your whole privilege, yeah aspect. Uh, yeah, you're I, you're born it, a certain color, so you automatically get privileges. You don't, you're not considered working um, hard to to get where you're you're at in life, right? Right, because we're, you, we're all, you're, you're you're born yeah. a certain color. Yeah, we're we're all created equal, but we don't have equal outcome. One hundred percent. And I think you know a lot of people say, well, the Constitution was wrote because all men are created equal, and they really meant all white men. One hundred percent, they meant all white men. They had slaves. They weren't thinking of, of black people and equality. But when you read it, obviously, we all know every single person is created equal: woman, man, black, white, whatever, right? And at the end of the day, everybody should start at the same spot, right? And it shouldn't be the color of your skin dictates your privilege or dictates your outcome. It should be your work ethic, your character, right? And where you place yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that no. circles back to the education system. Is how yeah. You're raising mm-hmm. in the education system, how how they want teachers to teach. Right. And I tell you what. Did you – Huh? Sorry. Did you experience that a lot, Christian, where – you might have been instructed to teach things a certain way 
and found it to be conflicting with what you thought was important to teach? Not necessarily. It wasn't like people were being shady about it or anything. Like, how oh, we don't talk about that, right? But I thought how we see education, it, obviously when you're given standards and you got to get a standardized test done in March and April, you, really for one-fourth of your entire uh, schooling is just testing. So you really only have three-fourths of the school to work with. And they're like, oh, by the way, I need you to fit, you know, a hundred years of history into that. It's difficult. And you are very much uh, handcuffed to a timetable. Um, and it doesn't really matter uh, what you think is important. Um, it really doesn't. And I think that's a problem. So it, it's all guided towards here's the test that everyone needs to pass and move forward. Yes. And here's the facts of that test that you need to know. Yes. X, Y, and Z was on it last year. Make sure they know X, Y, and Z. But And there was a lot of times where I was like, well, I think, again, I think slave, teaching slavery, going in depth with World War II, I think all that's important. You know, you got three days. It is. You got a week. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I can't teach, you know. I mean, World War II should be its, you know, could take half the semester. 100%. To really narrow it down. And, right. And, I, I know, obviously, in this country, we, we teach America's good and look at the strategies that FDR did and, and what the Americans and the Allies mm -hmm. were able to do without talking about, you know, okay, it started with Japan bombing Pearl Harbor. There was a lot more that led up to that. Oh, 100%. Right. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, there's so much we did. <laughs> right. And, that, and that's what I want more people to know and realize and, mm -hmm. and try and, and try to, to learn it. America was was trying to stay out of the war. They didn't want to get into it. Yeah, they didn't want to help. They figured it was a European conflict. You know, they would. But Japan got all high and mighty. Yeah, we and, and we we literally embargoed Japan and put them into starvation. Almost. Oh, not almost. We did. We we made no nobody can input to Japan because us and the Allies made sure of it, and then they bombed us out of retaliation. Nobody talks about that, of course, but. Like, yeah, like, I, like Japan didn't just wake up. I learned and, something today. Yeah. <laughs> like, Japan didn't just wake up and go, Pearl Harbor, done. Right? Like, yeah, that, that exactly, wasn't like, Exactly. Yeah. They, they weren't just saying, how do we get America involved? I know. Uh, <laughs> we'll do this. Uh, and I tell you what, and guess what? Japan never told Hitler they were doing that. That was yeah. li literally when Hitler found out he had to have known his days were numbered. Like, probably. I mean, because I think at that point, well, I, I think his days were numbered when Russia turned against him. Oh no, no, he turned against Russia. Well, okay, well, that was a that was a hail mary throw that he was trying to. Oh uh, uh, like, yeah, I, dude, you, you you made the dumb decision of fighting Russia in the winter. <laughs> what is wrong with uh, you? Oh, and, and that's <laughs> funny because when we as historians talk about that, it's just one of those you throw your hands up and you're like, I don't – because he had a whole treaty with him like, I won't mess with you if you won't mess with me type thing, yeah. right? And then he said, oh, it's the winter time, perfect time to go to one of the coldest places <laughs> in the world and go attack them, right? And, and the thing is, Russia didn't even have to fight them. They were so undersupplied and they mm -hmm. couldn't deal with the winter that – they really just went to the western right. border and hung out and just made sure no one crossed it. That's all it. they did. They, like, I know. They burned their own cities down and just say, hey, we're going to keep moving west. Yeah. They ain't going to catch us. And then we'll rebuild again. Yeah. <laughs> it just – there's so many facts to that war and so many ins and outs, and it's just not taught properly. It's not. People don't know. And I get it to a sense. You have to hold a standard for everybody. And I know there's a lot of generalization made. But I think, I think until high school is taught more like college with the sense that you have classes that you can choose. And obviously you need a math yeah. and this and that and you need those until you can really start specializing. It's like, it's not going to be the same. You're not going to have the same education no, you're, you're going to get everywhere. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad that, that, that happens. But I mean, you can, you can start. Te well, do you want to teach World War Wars to? Grade schoolers, I don't think so. No, it may not be. It may not be appropriate. But it, it there needs to be more emphasis on these massive historical events and timeline main main timeline points of interest in our country. Yeah, that we have learned from that people just forget. And side note, uh, uh, to answer your question about the survey with, with the Holocaust, uh, they just randomized. They called 
they said I saw like a thousand participants plus two hundred in each state. Uh, called people ages eighteen to thirty nine, hmm. either through okay. phone, text, or call. So it was completely randomized. Okay. Okay. Huh. Little yellow pages action. Let's just go through the yellow pages and figure it out. <laughs> I want to bring the stat back up. I think they said, um, let's see if I can find. Like forty percent couldn't name one concentration camp. Yeah, that's yeah. But you know, going to what you just said about you know with the country uh, setting the main you know the high points that you know things that affected us. The state you know nine eleven. We just had the nineteenth year anniversary mm-hmm. of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a few days ago. Yeah. I mean, I know I read somewhere where it stated that there are, there are kids who don't realize how significant that day is. Or that day was. I'm sorry. That day was. Significant for which, which, in which direction? Of how it turned our country. Right. Yeah, the, 100%. World, well, the world's a hundred percent. To the positive or to the negative? I mean, I, I, depends I, on how you look at it. Yeah. I, I know, it, that's it what depends I'm trying to get you, to. I mean, you could go down the road of conspiracy theory where you have money in the game, and mm-hmm. um, I forgot who it was. Uh, it's either, the, I think it was actually the person who owned the Twin Towers took out an insurance policy months yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And then cashed out right after it happened. So, mm-hmm. and then he cashed or, out again. Or how uh, it was like two point eight trillion dollars in gold that just went missing from the vaults underneath. Right, but you're considering <laughs> when, when there's facts <laughs> when there's facts like that that actually have been presented and are evident. Mm-hmm. You're still considered a conspiracy theorist. Now, I don't want to say it's an inside job, but there are a lot, a lot of red flags that right. point to it well, just a lot, not being a random a random attack because you mm-hmm. hate America. And a lot of people think it was a gateway to the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. And you had all these people scared, so now you pass this Patriot Act to increase surveillance well, on Well, that's on the, great, the greatest way to take rights is from scared people. It's the yeah. easiest way. I.e. I. E. Corona. Uh, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, we, a, a we should say voting, that's right? a different state, but you guys are in Georgia with Governor Kemp. I'm in Michigan with Governor Whitmer. We have had two very different experiences yeah, we when have. it comes to the fight against Corona, hey. and that might be a different. And what's interesting is we have been a red hot state for a long time now with the mm-hmm. coronaviruses, and we're more open than you guys are. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, to think about. We we still don't have movie th- gyms just opened up last week. Fifty percent capacity. Oh, 25 percent capacity. Hmm. Makes no sense. I, and I was talking right, so, but but oh. back to the night. But yeah, you know the Patriot Act to like. Oh yeah, we got to make sure we're safe. We got to make sure we're, you know we take care of each other. And now you've got you know the phone tappings and the surveillance and, and TSA. No one likes dealing with TSA. I mean, do you guys so, ever remember a time of going through security at an airport to the gate to get somebody? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, now that you can't hardly get through the parking lot. Nope. <laughs> well, yeah. then that that brings about Edward Snowden, right? Oh, yeah. you know, uh, Joe Rogan just did a podcast with him this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he did one this week? I know he did one a while ago. Yeah, no, he, he they uh, met again this week. They said He's that. He's a guy that I would love to talk to. Oh, man. The stories, <laughs> the, sto- the things I'm he on knows. The, yeah, I'm on the long list of people who want to talk to him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you probably have a trillion book editors in front of you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking more government officials. Oh, right? yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, do you know who I really want to talk to right now? Who? Do you know the guy? His name is David Klein. You ever heard of him? I have heard the name. I can't tell you what he does. So, Mr. David Klein, this is kind of taking a little spin on what we've been talking about, kind of lighten it up just a hair. Yeah. But speaking of someone I would like to talk to, he is the real life Willy Wonka right now. Really? He's the owner of Jelly Bellies. Mm, Okay. Jelly Beans. What he's doing right now is over uh, what I read, it said over the past year, he's traveled to all states and he's left a golden necklace, a necklace with a golden medallion somewhere. You have to register for this treasure hunt, okay? And wow. it, costs 50, it costs $50 to register. It's a one-time registration fee. Yeah. And then you get clues on where to find this in your state. Okay, so... Awesome. If you find it, you win $5,000. Okay. Oh, say cool. less. Great. The big thing about this is how he's really like Willy Wonka. 
is that there's a golden ticket where Stop. you will own where where you will own a candy factory in Florida. So anyone who registers has the chance to win the ultimate prize. And that is to own the candy factory in Florida and an all expense paid trip to the candy making uh, at University of Wisconsin Madison because he's set to retire. And so this is like his big, big thing to do. Giveaway. Isn't that wild? That's awesome. That's awesome. What a a fun way to You can go to uh, thegoldticket.com. Thegoldticket.com. To register. I got a golden ticket. So it's forty nine ninety nine to register. I got a golden ticket. I mean, clues to five. Another inside joke. It's crazy, dude. That's awesome. And what a fantastic time to to pull that out too, right? A a time where we need a lot of positivity. A time where we need uh, just something to get our mind off things. I think something that's been that we've all been missing is a little football action. I'll tell you that. Talking about getting our minds off things. Right. It yeah. was kind of fun watching it this past weekend. Oh man, you! It was my my only thing about it is you know if we're gonna keep this all gelled together with what you've been talking about, if you want to okay. talk about uh, football, let's gel, let's gel it all together. Been talking yeah. about in this podcast is that the protesters that were protesting the two cops that were ambushed in L.A. Mm-hmm. The yeah. NFL backed those protesters. Mm. Yeah, and I didn't find that out till Sunday night. And actually, my, my wife told me she's like, "Really? How, how are you watching this when they are backing the protesters who blocked the emergency entrance?" Interesting. Yeah, and I said like, I had no idea that happened. But and I also told her like I'm not watching it to watch the political views that are trying to be forced down everybody's throats. Right. I'm watching it for the sport of football. I just want to see the players play. Right. Is what I'm looking at. You're trying to win your fantasy team. Let's not be honest. Let's be honest. Everybody who's listening, we're all in the same fantasy league, so we all know what Dallas is trying to do. It it was definitely fun watching sports again. It was more fun on Thursday night when the Chiefs were playing the Texans, you have fans at the game. Oh man, dude. And the and just the the, the controversy behind that, but mm-hmm. when you looked at the stands, the fans were pretty spread out. They were, yeah. it, it looked like the Chiefs did a good job at stationing people mm-hmm. where they could sit. They ticketed well, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Right. And, and they didn't let anyone sit like when, like in the first 10 rows. Yeah. The first 10 yep. rows, so you can get close. And I know the NFL's been testing the players like crazy. They haven't had a, neg- a, a positive test in like two or three weeks or something like that. So it was really cool seeing people enjoying the sport because I, baseball is my favorite sport, and it has been dull not having a crowd there, not having people at, in the stands. Mm-hmm. You don't like the white noise? And the <laughs> pla- I like the and white the, noise. And the placards? You, you know, the, those cardboard cutouts were cool when I was watching Korean baseball in, in June, you know, in July, yeah, May and June when there's nothing else on TV at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Here, no man, it's wide open spacing. People should be there. I like people jumping up for a foul ball or going for the home run, and people change the atmosphere of any sporting event. And Mm -hmm. same goes for for hockey and and basketball. Hockey's considered the best playoff sport out there because Uh, of the crowd and the the atmosphere. I absolutely love hockey games. Yes. Playoff hockey is the best. Hockey. I said that very Canadian. Hockey. My, 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 my youpreness came out of me of being a northerner. Hey. Hey. We got the Canadians. <laughs> Only a few miles from me, buddy. You're, you're welcome to go uh, go over the hill. I'm probably about 30 miles from the border. Oh, that's not bad. Point. But yeah, you're, I mean, but you're you only a minute away from my heart. If Detroit, you're, you're, you're a quarter mile across the river. A mile. Yeah. On the people mover. Yeah. You on the people mover. That's right. You were on there. I was. And you just wave over the Canadians. I've been on both sides watching the fireworks, watching the 4th of July fireworks on the other side at Windsor. Oh, nice. Nice. Nice animal. casino there. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Really nice casino over there. Is it? So anyways, it I, I thoroughly, and we're at my work, you just heard a huge buzz of football and people were like fighting over the TV to see whose team was going to be playing then, you know. And it just seemed like things are starting to get into normal. You know what I mean? 
just being able to just watch a sport and everybody, you know, doing some jawing at each other, right? You know, my team's better than yours. But coming together and everybody agreeing, like, this is what we want to be doing right now, right? We want to be enjoying uh, well, that's, a game. I, I've, yeah, I've uh, wanted to see if uh, friends of ours wanted to get together for a barbecue this Sunday to watch the Lions and, you know, cook out before the game and, and – and watch the game. They play the Packers. They're going to get smoked. The 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 everyone's in a tizzy up here because the the ref for the Packer line game is the same ref that called the fa- the, the the false face mask on Aaron Rodgers, and then he threw the hail mary mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. or four years ago. Yeah. So everyone's in a tizzy in Detroit. They already said we lost, which we are going to lose because the Lions blow. Matt Patricia needs to go. So was Jim the Bob Quinn. They're losers. You go 26 to three, 23 to 6, and you lose. Did you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we opened a can. Matt, okay. They fired Jim Caldwell, who went 9 and 7. They said it wasn't good enough. From that point forward, Matt Patricia is like 9 and 23 or 9 and 33, and he still has a job. The man's got nine wins as his head coach of the Lions. He has 11 fourth quarter losses. He's got more fourth quarter losses than he does wins. It doesn't make sense. He should have stayed in New England. Well, you know, that's why he's probably kept his job as long as he has because he's a Bill Belichick disciple. You know, well, Bob Quinn's a, Bob Quinn's a, uh, is a Patriot guy too. He yeah. took from the Pats. Right. And he, uh, well, it's better than 28 to 3. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wasn't I gonna that. say it. I was gonna say it, yeah, but it does I mean, hurt. I'm a homer, 100. percent Yeah, you know, I mean, you have to dig at yourself sometimes. It still hurts. That's fair. It's it's like the infield viral with the Braves and the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, that's oh even my worse. God. That's even uh, worse. They still talk worse, about that on the radio. What's worse, the infield fly rule for the Braves or the 28-3 loss for the Falcons? A 28-3. I would say 28-3 because we would have won the Super Bowl. We were still in uh in the not. We weren't even the World Series. Right, you know, with the Braves. So you know, tw- twenty third quarter, in, we were we in. were already <laughs> playing in the parade. You know what I mean? Right, I, we're like, hey, what backup call, song play? <laughs> calling an infield fly halfway into the outfield. What yeah. a joke! That was crazy. But That's twenty, I mean, insane. I felt so bad for you. I was texting you all during that game too. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the Falcons got it. They they're winning. This is awesome. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh God. <laughs> what you're talking about, right? Watching it as a fan, you just sit there and you're like, surely, okay, that didn't happen. Surely, wait, that did uh, But then you're like, but can it? No, then that happen. You know, you're like, you can't get worse, can it? And Welcome. every single play, it got a little worse. Welcome to Lions football since 1991. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you finally had your, uh, what, first 100-yard rusher last year? Was it last year they got it or the year before? No, it, it was like their first 100-yard rusher in like three seasons. Yeah. 100-yard rusher in a game. It was Reggie Bush when he was on the team. Yeah. What was that like 2015? Was it Carry-On? Was it Carry-On that did it? I, th- I think he did, yeah. Hell, Adrian Peterson just came in and he had 91 I saw yards. That. I saw that. He I was had, texting he had, that. No, get this. He had over 100 and then, the, then they made him kneel. No, I'm sorry. Not different. He had like 91 yards. Sorry. It was Kyler Murray. He had a hundred yard, hundred one yards. Oh, then he ran. The and then they out. had him. They had him in the shotgun formation to take a kneel. So he dropped his yardage back mm. like nine yards. So he ended up with like ninety two rushing yards. <laughs> I go, man, that's my quarterback, my team. I need those nine points. A lot. But it was nice. It is nice, and, and uh, it's, it's good to have a little I, bit of normalcy. I, I, I think I, I am. Mm-hmm. I, I am with you, Dozen, in the terms of the the political political story of revolving around sport, mm-hmm. not just football, but all sports. And I know the three of us have talked about, and, and uh, for anyone listening, is we are going to do a a show on sports, on professional sports, and how we think they are in some serious trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and if they don't make changes soon, and it go, it's not just with the protests, but there's a lot of other, I think, interesting components to that are hurting them. Each sports has different reasons. but Yeah. Or they may not be in trouble. Some may. Their viewership is down, and it shows. I think what's gonna, I think what's going to end up happening is all sports. Well, maybe not all sports. I think football has the best chance at lasting. No, I I think soccer does. But, no, what? Hang on. Real sports. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. So hockey is not is is the least popular of the four major ones. 
hockey has their their hockey nieces, the real diehard fans, and, and you only really get interested in hockey if your home team is making runs at it, and then you get excited about them. I think most sports are going to get that way. You're not going to have the casual fans like so tomorrow. You got the, the Bengals and and the, and the Browns playing. There's going to be a lot of people watching that game. I think in in a decade. You, not, you, you, you don't think Baker and Burrow will bring people out because it's two number one draft picks. They're young guys. Yeah. They're mobile. They're they have a certain charisma about for, the game. You don't think right, viewership for, for no that. For, for no for tomorrow's game it's going to be you're going to have that viewership. But I'm saying as the sport starts declining, very few people are going to care. And, well, and, and, uh, I've, my argument is that it's football specifically, I think it's going to have to do with the con- concussions and the injuries, that, the long-term effects of that. I think that's what's going to drive it down. Um, I think because, and I do uh, think the political aspect will help with that in a way. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're talking, you know, one of the other big ones, you know, baseball, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. And I know there's oh, plenty of arguments. I, there's yeah. plenty of arguments that that I know you want to bring up, and that's for another show. Yeah, we'll have that. But there's show. too many young players right now, and I'll just give an example: Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr. Okay, yeah. The big controversy: three zero count. He hits a grand slam. Unwritten rules of baseball, which has always been an issue, is. Are you a traditionalist? Do you believe in unwritten rules of baseball, or are you? Do you view the game as of today, where let the kids play? And that's what Tatis did, but he got ridiculed for hitting a grand slam on a three-zero pitch that he should have took when they were up like ten runs. When they were already <laughs> up, yeah. The Rangers had a big to do about it. His own coach of the Padres, yeah, didn't even Threw back his player up. It, yeah. it's, it's terrible. And then what happened to the Rangers? They won three games out of the next like twenty-seven. So, yeah. see, I I would rather see what Tatis did over the over the unwritten rules. No, mm-hmm. if you don't want to, you don't want to gloat. You get him out. Right. Don't, hang, don't put a hanger up there for him to launch over the field because he's still playing the game. Well, I feel like these and young kids that, are doing that though, and that's what's going right, to make it right. survive. So, right, Bryce Harper, Tatis, yep, uh, th- those are your two big ones. Mike Trout, he's not really big on the limelight, but. Go out. If you just go survey your customers, all right, and just say, hey, do you know who Mike Trout is? Do you know who Tati's? Or name me, name me five baseball players. Then they won't know it. Eh, I don't know about that. Outside the Braves. Say, any, outside, outside the Braves. Outside the Braves. That's fine. I can do outside the Braves. Hey. Everyone knows yeah. that. Everyone knows five baseball players. Are you talking I about present it. playing or just yeah. in general? Current, no, current, current, current players. players. Yeah, I don't want to hear Babe Ruth. Everyone knows Babe Ruth. Everyone knows a I guarantee, knows I guarantee you I can do a survey. I'm not going to do it because I don't have time <laughs> to do this at work. But I bet I could, and I'm willing to bet that people can name five active players. There's enough big names, and it is in the in the sports news enough to where you know the bigger names. That's great. But, I mean, the, the average age of the viewer is over six, like 58, 60 years old. You don't have a lot of young people interested in the sport. A lot of young baseball players that are interested want yeah. to change it, but in terms of the casual fan, it's not. But is that I mean, because I mean, I, I don't want to get into all this right now because yeah, we'll, it's, we'll it's late it into the show, show, and I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, keep keep okay. going, we'll save that. Right, we'll, right. we'll, we'll, uh, um, we'll transition then. Uh, so we, so you know, we kind of start off a little heavy. Um, just talk about, you know, kind of things going on in the world today. Uh, but we're going to finish off with things going on in the world, but in a lot more positive light. So, uh, Kip and Dubs have brought up, uh, some positive news articles that we're going to quickly discuss. Uh, so yeah. whichever one of y'all want to start. Yeah. We, we kind of went off on a tangent. We, and we, we just started recording because we had a good talk going pre-show. But, right. Uh, this was supposed to be a 30 minute podcast and this is obviously. Extended beyond that. So, right. so Christian, have fun editing this. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot <laughs> I do wait. Appreciate. But for the most part, it's going to be you know an unedited version. I like it. So right. the first thing I brought up um, was uh, the Army Ranger Patrick Payne. He got the Medal of Honor yep. award earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about this guy or why I did. Uh, are you familiar with him, Christian? Uh, I have heard the name and I saw that he won it, but I did not read into detail past that. No. So – yeah, so he's an Army Ranger. He's a young guy. Um, he he joined the Army after 9-11, inspired by patriotism. 
He had 14 deployments over to Iraq in the Middle East. Wow. 14. That's insane. So anyway, he got the Medal of Honor. President Trump gave it to him. Uh, it was early in the week. He rescued 75 hostages from this uh, this prison, from this ISIS prison. The, the, the headline says 75, but the article says 70, so we'll just call it that. But it wasn't just that he rescued them. It's how he rescued them. The building was on fire. It was starting to collapse. And these, these hostages were held behind this steel gate, mm-hmm. double locked. So he ran into the building. He knew people were there. He was able to get one bolt cut. And then he was able to, then he had to leave because it was getting too hot. He had to take a breath. He went back in, got the other bolt cut, bolt cut and got everyone out. And he was the last man out. And he disobeyed orders by telling them to evict because it was too dangerous and everything. But he got he, he rescued these 70 people from from an ISIS camp. It's like, good golly, wow. man. The ball's on you. Yeah. What are you going to I go, and that's why you have the Army you know, the Rangers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just incredible. They're just absolutely incredible. And I think that goes to show, you know, hey, <laughs> a human life's worth it, right? In any life's worth risking, especially him going, you know. No, nobody, nobody would have told him, oh, man, you should have done that, right? Because he disobeyed orders. People were telling him, don't do it. Uh, but he said, yeah. no, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, if I can breathe, I'm going to go fight, you know? And, and, and it wasn't just fire in, in the building. Like, there was bullets flying. Mm-hmm. It was active war. It ended up 20 enemies were killed. Good on him, man. Bravo. Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Well, go ahead, Dubs. Well, we, we already kind of hit on mine. Mine was the uh, David Klein with the Jelly Bellies. Yeah. Uh, we kind of already discussed that in the pod. I kind of threw that in there because I just kind of, it was a kind of a good segue about people we would love to talk to. Right. Uh, speaking of Edward Snowden. And when I found this article, I was like, this is insane. I mean, it's a real life Willy Wonka. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. And his, his whole reason is to, he said he wanted to create a treasure hunt. For families, so you can take your grandma, grandpa, mom, dad. You can go out, search for these clues, spend time together, and that's his ultimate goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, you find one of the medallions, you win five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You find the golden ticket, you're you're winning a candy factory yeah. and get right. to learn how to it's make candy sweet. from a university. It's, so it's that's pretty, fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, and like you said, Dubs, I, I think bringing families together is always a good thing. And that's, 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 I think that's really neat that that's his goal, right? Uh, he's also going to give out money, but his main thing is, hey, try to get some families together and, yeah. and yeah. let them enjoy that time together, right? Kip, you got one more? Yeah, so this was uh, another thing we could elaborate on this topic or a little bit closer. But um, so this came from, um, I think it was like globalnews.com or, or something like that. Good News Network, sorry. Uh, the headline says, Carrying cons- conservation programs have prevented at least 48 animal extinct- extinctions, says the study. They studied from 1993 to 2020, I believe. Yeah, uh, 93 to 2020. Um, what they found was the extinction rates would have been 3.1 to 4.2 times higher for birds, representing 21 to 32 different birds. And 2.4 to 4.2 times higher for mammals, representing 17, 7 to 16 mam- mammal species that might have included the critically endangered Sumatran and Javan rhinoceros. Mm. So all this came down to is the conservation efforts that are being pushed forward across the globe are working. Right? And, yeah. And I thought... We, we talk a lot where there's the talk of climate change and we're destroying the environment. And this was a positive news on that spin of the human species taking care of the other species that share the world. And to say 48 species, I think that's kind of relevant, right? And, and it goes on to say um, it was God, okay, I want to I get it right here. Well, well, I think I think it's huge that we see that those uh, efforts are not for loss, right? Not for nothing. We see people going out there actively uh, saving uh, not just ourselves, but other species, like you said, Kib. So this is what they came out to. The study has found that different families benefited differently 
differently from different conservation strategies. Birds benefited more from invasive species control and habitat protection, while mammals were saved more by government legislating in zoo reintroduction programs. And there, I, I know there's a lot of controversy specific to the mammals about zoos and what zoos do. And I think on the other part of that, in terms of government legislation, you can talk about hunting. I'm a big time hunter myself and hunters play a key role in conservation of species and animals. So I thought it was a very interesting headline, something that we could build on maybe at some point. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what I'm really excited for guys this week's <laughs> dub nugget. Oh yeah. You always have me excited about the nuggets. All right. The so, that's my mom's favorite part of our podcast, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. nothing like mom support. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, she's like, that right. nuggets are really good. That's a thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, so uh, this is uh, an interesting fact here. So uh, this is in uh, Norway. It's actually a Norwegian island called Svalbard. Svalbard. Okay. In this island, it's illegal to die. Wow. It is illegal to die. Um, it's because the bodies are unable to be buried safely uh, due to the permafrost, permafrost that's on the ground. So Ooh. if you're about to die, they fly you back to the mainland, Norway, to pass away. Wow. Now, interesting. how interesting oh. is that? That's pretty Talk cool. about your final flight. For real. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, is, that is pretty wild. Man, interesting. It's illegal. Wow. You're really inconveniencing me right now. I need you to go fly back to the motherland. <laughs> <laughs> We're protecting our resources over here. Get your, get right, your exactly. Back hey, we already got. It's already fueled up. Maybe I need you to bounce right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. right. See, people start sneezing um, and coughing. Like hey, we're not taking chances here. I'm gonna see you later. <laughs> <laughs> good uh, show, boys. That's good. Good job. Well, hey, guys, thank you all for listening to the Confused Gentleman again. Make sure you go like, uh, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Let us know what you all think. Go ahead and comment. We'd love to see what you all think. If you all have any questions, anything you all want us to talk about, we would love to hear from that as well, guys. Thanks, you all again, and we'll see you next time. All right? See ya. See ya. See ya.